0: They never knew what happened to to the Roberts girl. Her dreams are like holes and water. Right. I don't think my aunt swam either. I'm thinking that my uncle, Fred, who is still alive. Okay. I'm thinking he went and walked in the woods where old mines and stuff were. Did he? Right. Not knowing where she's at. Not knowing what happened to her. Bad, I feel bad for family because they have no closure. You
1: know? Right. Her son was 14 at the time that she disappeared.
0: Two, but Goodwill definitely used his position and the power he had over women to make them submit and tell personal stuff, and then he stalked them. The night that Spouse that, that,
1: the day that she went missing, Right. So somebody's not telling there's two stories there. Somebody either one of them has to be not telling the
0: truth. There was a place around 41, North of the Airport. It's kind of the swampy, wetland area. And yeah. she said she had really strong, strong feelings when she jumped at that.
1: You're listening to Episode eleven of Leap in the Dark, an investigative podcast on the disappearance of Rose Peterson from Hancock, Michigan, who's been missing for almost 30 years. I'm your host, Jill Reback. Have you ever gotten lost anywhere? Maybe you decided to explore a city you weren't familiar with and got turned around. Or maybe you explored a hiking trail, lost for minutes, hours, days. Being lost, it seems impossible. Like you would finally find your way out of the abyss after a while. But experts can attest. when a human is lost our minds do the unthinkable. We are our own worst enemy when it comes to finding our way back from where we came. Did you know that people who are lost walk in circles? Studies have shown that when people are lost they tend to try to walk in a straight line or what they assume is a straight line but ultimately they're walking in a circle. You can try to use the sun and the moon to help guide you, but once lost, it's very hard to find your direction without some kind of GPS. Have you ever heard that people who are lost tend to end up in water? I spoke to Detective Ryla with the Michigan State Police and he was the one who made me aware of this. I've done some research on it since then. And what I can find is, people who go missing often end up in water because they aren't aware of it being there. They become disoriented, confused, and they end up drowning. Could this have happened to Rose? There's definitely a possibility. But my research shows Rose wasn't the type to wander in the woods. Could July 28th, 1989, been the day Rose decided to wander out into the dense forest, unknowing what would become of her? Yes, that's a possibility. And even though I doubt that scenario, I have to admit, it's played in my mind. A fragile Rose, scared, depressed, confused. She wanders into the woods and knows her life will end in some way. But then I stop. I put myself in Rose's shoes. Tried to picture what her mind and her heart was telling her. And I can't see her going there, disappearing into the woods and letting whatever happens, happen. Not the Rose I envision. The fear is too great for her to wander out there. Two words come to mind, mine shaft. They're everywhere in the Upper Peninsula. Dating back to the 1800s, mine shafts have existed. It's hard to know how many there actually are, and if the ones that did or do exist have been properly taken care of. Mine shafts have taken many lives in the Upper Peninsula. Unfortunately, abandoned mines aren't always sealed, and people have been known to fall into them, meeting their fate. Did Rose muster enough courage to venture into the woods only to be unlucky enough to fall to her death? I wouldn't be an investigator if I didn't consider that scenario, but I also wouldn't be an investigator if I didn't look into other scenarios. We can convince ourselves that a person wanders into the unknown and nature took its course, but I can't stop there. A flaw of mine, but I need answers and I know Rose's family would like them too. So I reached out to my uncle from the UP. He's very familiar with mines and he used to work on them. I wanted to get his take on what he thought. If Rose could have fallen into a mine shaft, What the possibility was. Hello? Is Chucky there? Speaking. Hi, Uncle Chucky, it's Jill.
0: Oh, right.
1: Eric's daughter. (laughs) How are you? All right.
0: It sounds like you're talking (laughs) in a tunnel.
1: Oh, well, I'm actually, um, I'm using my recorder. Can you hear me? Yes. Is it it echoey? Uh,
0: A little bit, but that's all right.
1: Okay. My dad said it would be okay to call you. Yes. Yes, um, he said that you know um information about like mine shafts and stuff, or you're familiar with that? Book.
0: Well, I'm familiar with mine shafts, but I don't know what kind of information you actually want or need.
1: Okay, well, um you probably know that I'm doing that investigation of um, Rose Peterson. She's a missing person from Calumet. Yeah. And um so there's speculation um oh. that maybe she could have fallen in a mine shaft. Um do you basically with your knowledge do you think that's even possible for people to fall in mine shafts? Well, you know
0: back many years ago yes, but these days they most of the mine shafts have been uh oh how would you say Concrete slabs oh. over the top of them.
1: Right. Okay. To like seal them up. What about, um, cause she disappeared in 89. Do you think, do you think even uh, at that time they would have had them sealed up or?
0: Well, uh, uh, there wasn't some that, uh, didn't get sealed. You know, all the notable mine shafts were sealed. I know, but, you know, in the UP here, we, oh. there are just so many of them, it's hard to say.
1: Right. So, for for my listeners, if if they don't know what a mine shaft is, what, what is it exactly?
0: Well, they, uh, actually, up here in the UP, it's a vertical, almost a vertical shaft. It goes down slightly on an angle, but okay. it's. Just a hole that they dig and they go down. Oh my gosh, uh, we got one here by my house. Here it goes down five thousand two hundred feet.
1: Oh my goodness!
0: So and then off of that, wow. every hundred feet or so, they'll go into a horizontal shaft. Oh. Okay. And they they keep looking for uh, copper veins and stuff.
1: Do they still use mine shafts in the UP?
0: Oh yes, but uh, they're oh, really? right now they're almost all of them are inactive. But there is new mining companies that are looking to reopen them. You know. Okay. But these are the shafts that uh, would go down at a just a slight angle, and you're able to actually drive a vehicle down them. oh wow like the white pine mine was where you could go down oh my god uh well over a half a mile underground just driving
1: wow oh my goodness that's (laughs) (laughs) um so if say so my missing person rose she say she wandered in the woods like off of us-41 and like, could you just fall into one if you didn't know it was there, or would you kind of know it's there? Oh
0: no, it'd be very easy to just fall into one because they they get grown over and all they look they'll just look like a small divot in the ground because the grass will go over the top of it. Oh okay. you know, and then well below it, it's just void.
1: Right. Right, so if you were to fall in one, you may never, well, you probably won't be found again. You'll just yeah. fall in and, yeah.
0: Right, if nobody knows you're there, you're okay. not going to be found.
1: Okay. Now, I did contact, I haven't gotten a hold of the ins- the mine inspector with the Houghton County, yeah. but I called him to see if maybe I could, if they know of any mines that would have been in the area she traveled um but but most likely if there were known ones even back then they would have sealed them i'm
0: guessing yeah but uh, there's like i said there there's an awful lot of mine shafts around right you
1: know, so there's... there could be some they missed
0: yeah and... and well just a few years ago there's an old mine shaft that was Closed since the eight, late 1800s, that right by a rock, rock pile that we were crushing for the county. And they had crushed, oh, I don't know, like 5,000 tons of rock, gravel, turning it into gravel for the roads. And okay. the next day they went back and their 5,000 tons of gravel was gone. Oh. Uh, one of the mine shafts that was below it, like I said, it was closed up back in the eight, late 1800s. And, right. And it let go and, well. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yes. It just, it all went right back into the ground someplace and made up well. You could see the, uh, right. gaping holes. You know, going. Well, so actually, it went in two different directions. Oh, wow! And, uh, and the funny part is, is when it went down in there, there was bats oh, that came out of the cave. When it had, after it caved in, so right, where did the bats That's come in weird. from? So they ended up. It was actually connected to another mine shaft someplace, and they don't know where. Well, they might know, but at that wow. time they didn't know. But I haven't been at with yeah. the county now for five years. So.
1: so typically, where did they like put mine shafts? Like, what kind of area?
0: Like, they would go through and take. Um, core samples they would drill down into the ground in various places and it would take out just a round cylinder of rock and whatever else Mm -hmm. is in it and then they would map it on their maps and find out where the copper is and and that would be the most logical place for them to put a mine. So it, it could be any place because the U.P. Mm. here is just loaded with copper.
1: Okay. Well, that's good to know because I, I often wonder if she could have fallen in one of those. Um, I just didn't realize how realistic that that was, you know? Um,
0: yes. It uh I know we have had people right. fall into mine shafts around here, and you know years ago, oh, it's gotta be more than forty years ago. a little girl fell into one and and they never did retrieve her body. They know which mine shaft she right. went into, but when it was uh right. you know full of water and they didn't want a chance having a diver go in and getting caught with his scuba gear right. to try to find the body.
1: Mm. Yeah, so it's a possibility oh. that.
0: Oh yes, that that's definitely a possibility. Yeah. But it's like, you're investigating her death. If somebody wanted to get rid of her, know of an open hole. You'd well, never find her. <laughs> It just, right. They would never find her, okay. no. Okay.
1: Well, that's good to know. And, I mean, her family—her family—they don't think she would have wandered in, like, the woods to have fallen in a mine shaft. But, like, could a mine shaft just be off of? I mean, because she was supposedly walking off of or walking towards Hancock on US 41.
0: Okay, it all depends, because there was mines along that road years ago, you know, back in the 1800s, there was mines
1: uh, through there. So, I wonder, maybe the inspector would know if there were any possible ones, and, I mean, yeah.
0: Well, he should, he should, because he should have a, a geological map of this whole area, and Letting him know where the shafts were or the ones that are capped and the ones that aren't. Because that's his his job to find out if they've been capped or not.
1: Okay, well, I mean, unfortunately, if that happened, I won't be able to solve this case (laughs) because we'll never find her, but... But, uh, but it's right, good to know, right. to um, know if these speculations could be at all realistic, and it sounds like they could be. You know, she could have fallen in something, so...
0: Yeah. Yep. It's a possibility, okay.
1: but... Part of my frustration in this investigation is waiting on information. That's why a lot of these episodes um, currently are so spread out and not every week because I'm just waiting to hear back from people and um, it takes a lot of work to reach people and people are busy and and they don't have um, availability right away to talk to you. So I'm waiting to hear back from the Houghton County Mine Inspector just to see where mine shafts are um, or were and and if they were sealed along US 41 to see just to to cross that off the list of a possibility of her falling into one. now there could be some that weren't accounted for and like my uncle said you know is a possibility that she could have fallen into one and that's scary to think because if Rose did um, most likely her case will never be solved, unfortunately, and I don't want to go down that path because I, I want to um, get to a conclusion here. But I know that um, I'm not done searching um, all different avenues and talking to people, so, um, but this is definitely one realistic scenario that we have to look at. One of the worst mining accidents in Michigan happened in 1926, when 51 men working in the Barnes Hecker iron mine were killed by floodwaters and quicksand. The mine was located close to Ishpeming, a town I once lived in as a child. Only one man survived. Another accident with mines sits in my memory is a story my mother told me about. A young girl, age 7, fell to her death in a mine shaft in 1966. They weren't able to go in to retrieve her body, so her remains remain there forever, a burial site for her grieving family. This was in Calumet, Michigan. Old mines can be covered with water and brush. It causes a camouflage effect, which looks like solid ground to someone. If Rose wandered in the woods, there is definitely a possibility she could have fallen into an old mine shaft. The question is, would she have really wandered off into the woods all alone? When a person goes missing, the first 12 to 24 hours are crucial. After a few days, the missing person is even harder to find as leads tend to go cold. But what about a 28-year-old cold case? Where do the statistics leave you? Well, cold cases are being solved every day. Yet, there is an average of as many as 100,000 active missing person cases. And that's not adding in the number of cases, like roses that went cold and inactive. Roughly 900,000 people are reported missing each year. 2,300 Americans are reported missing every day. Medical examiners and coroner offices hold more than 40,000 sets of unidentified remains. When I called the National Missing and Unidentified Person System, calling about unidentified remains that may fit Rose's description, the caseworker told me the best way to find Rose would be to have her DNA in the system. Back in 2015, Rose's sister Ethel's DNA was in the system, but a letter was sent to the Michigan State Police that due to changes in their searching uh, capabilities of the DNA index system, they strongly recommended more samples of family members, which the Michigan State Police did follow up on, but they were unable to contact Ron Peterson at the time. In fact, the caseworker I spoke to at Namus told me, you want to solve Rose's case? Get her son's DNA in the system. Which is why Deb Lytala and I talked to Ron Peterson, and he met with Detective Ryla with the Michigan State Police and gave him his DNA sample. If by chance Rose's remains are found, having his DNA in the system is crucial. Since the beginning of my investigation, i wanted to give you, the listeners, the simple facts of Rose Peterson's disappearance. I am new to this, and I admit to to being a novice. I wanted to clear up an important fact in this case, since it has been brought up multiple times. When I looked over Rose's case file, I was trying to find if there was a connection with her in the Social Security Department. It does state in the file that she was receiving assistance from DSS. I was under the impression that the DSS was a Department of Social Security, when in fact the DSS was the Michigan Department of Social Services, now known as the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Where does this lead us? Does this extract David Goodrow from my suspicions? What happens now in my investigation with so little to go on? My answer to you is time. I need more time. As the winter weather has crept in, snow has covered the ground and people retreat to their homes and hibernate for the season. I'll be investigating still. I hope to bring more answers to you in 2018. And my new year's wish is to solve Rose's case and to bring this 28 year old cold case to rest and peace to Rose's family. I want to thank you for listening to episode 11, the final episode in season one of Leap in the Dark. I'll see you all in 2018 with season two of Leap in the Dark. A special thank you to my uncle Chucky for his information on mind shafts, and to all of you who have listened, supported me, and reached out. I wish you all a safe and happy 2018, and I look forward to connecting with all of you soon.